to Spreading the Good Stuff, a podcast for regional women who want to thrive in their work, wellness, family and community. We share stories of triumph, challenge, growth and change in business and in life and offer helpful insights and advice to empower you to live your best life, however that looks for you. Welcome back to Spreading the Good Stuff, episode 51. Uh, I'm Katrina Myers. I'm Christy O'Brien. And I'm Leonie Cannon. Hello, ladies. Hello. We're we're still um, sort of separate from each other doing today's episode, all on Zoom again. So apologies up front if there's any sound issues, but we're all getting used to that these days, aren't we? Even the most professionals are doing their podcasts on Zoom. So, So episode 51, we're very excited to have you know, 50 episodes, you would have all seen our celebrations. We're thrilled to have made it to 50 episodes and over 20,000 listens and everything now. So, so good. But uh, today we wanted to talk with you and chat about change because we've all experienced a lot of various change over the last six months. And if anything, uh, during this pandemic, it's taught us that we have to be able to adapt to change. We have to be able to respond to it. Change is inevitable. And it's really interesting how we all cope with it. I have certainly learned so much about change over the last couple of years, really. And it's, it's a passion of mine, really, to support people to be able to cope with change. And so we thought we'd all share our different experiences professionally and personally with change and, yeah, have just a bit of a general chat about why it's so hard for us to uh, adapt and experience change. And then we'll wrap up with what we're loving, like we always do. So... Christy, if you would like to share with us first how you've experienced change and how it's shown up in your life and over the last six months particularly or just a a different experience that you've had with change. Yeah, sure. I think for me too, the thing is with change is that um, it's not always pretty. Um, It's not always, you know, as you kind of foresee it to be. But I think we talked just before we came on air about just having that good foundation of change I suppose, emotional well-being, emotional intelligence, all the things that we should strive to do. I think if you can have a foundation where change should be embraced and not feared, but I think that's really tricky because, you know, the I think a lot of people, a lot of media outlets, a lot of maybe governments, you know, all use change as, as a weapon, you know, the fear of change um, sometimes as a weapon so everyone kind of freaks out. So it's just finding a way to kind of face that and knowing what's best for you. And I think that comes down to kind of, you know, listening to your gut, listening to intuition, you know, like I don't think that any of us are in touch, uh, are as in touch with the intuition as we should be, you know, and some people might see it as woo-woo or a bit, you know, witchcraft or whatever, but I think intuition is so important and um, and just knowing knowing what, what is right. So I suppose personally change, I used to get really fearful and, and freak out, like if I wasn't sort of coping with something or felt like I needed to make a big decision or kind of broach something with someone. I was always really scared of doing that. Um, and you have that voice in you going, oh, you're just crazy or whatever. But I think that as you maybe get a bit older, um, a bit sure of yourself, then you can kind of approach change with a more kind of um, calmer mindset. And I think I couldn't do that without the work I have done in calming myself, you know, just calming my farm as far as things like meditation, um, I know that meditation makes me calmer and obviously being calmer allows you to make clearer decisions. You know, like I know when I, when the kids were younger and I'd get overwhelmed and I was tired, I just would, the only way I could communicate that was to lose my shit. 
essentially, you know, and then you felt compelled to be in a shitty mood for the whole entire day. Like, you know, I used to kind of live like that all the time and just roller coaster from one to the other. And I remember reading um, the book Buddhism for Mothers by Sarah Naphtali when I was, all my kids were little, like three kids under four. And that book literally changed my life as far as just my approach to things, made me calmer and kind of made me kind of approach change and like seasons in your life as well. Because I think change is, change is like a season and seasons come and go and you can't stop them. So, and then professionally, I think with change too, I think you have to, again, listen to your gut. Like I don't see how change in your personal life and your professional life should be treated any differently. You can't, you know, approach it in a calm and kind of mindful way, listening to your gut or your intuition, then I think you've got the wrong end of the stick. Maybe, I don't know. That's just my personal feeling on it. But yeah, my biggest thing is it's not always pretty and um, might not always go the way you want it straight away. But I think just kind of putting it out there and trusting, trusting yourself that you're sure and also trusting the universe a bit as well. So not that I have all the answers as far as change is concerned, that's for sure. But I think just being open to it, not hiding from it. Like it's easy just to put it in a box and just ignore it. Well, it probably won't go away. <laughs> what, what do you think about that? I think um, the funny thing about change is that we are all, we all are so challenged by it. We all struggle with it so much. Yet, you know, that old saying of, the only guarantee is change you know things things will never be constant change is all around us each and every day um yet we all still struggle with the concept so much um and i think it comes down to um sort of attaching you know an expectation on the outcome of things like the more we expect that life should go a certain way or that we're entitled to certain things um, or, you know, we, we do the hard yards and we expect that, that there should be, you know, if we, we, if we do the right thing, if we're good people and if we put in the hard yards, um, that things will all work out for the best in the end um, and things will go to plan and go the way we want them to. But we've all lived long enough now to see that, just doesn't work that way um, but I definitely think I think it gets easier with time I think we get better at dealing with change but look I guess that sometimes depends on the um, the situation and, and how big the changes that we're talking about um, but I yeah looking back I would say you know 10 years ago I probably would have I mightn't have known it at the time, but looking back now over my life, I would probably say that I was perhaps resistant to change and not good at dealing with change or coping with it. I, I really did had sort of expectations around how things would be. Um, but honestly, it's been through this um, time that we've all spoken about many times on the podcast about getting to know ourselves um, better and, and doing the work on ourselves that it's just, it's so much easier to deal with now because we've got all these tools and skills and things to bring in when change is there in front of us where we once may have reacted in a certain way um, or really resisted that change. I think now 
for me anyway, it's much easier to kind of sit with it and whether it's through meditation or getting out in nature and going for a walk or just having that inner belief that things will be okay no matter which way they go. It may not be the way that you've planned it to be, but in the end things will, you know, take their own path and still get you to where you need to be in the end. Um, so I think it's just having that faith in yourself and that belief that all will work out. It may not be how you envisage it to be, but it will all be fine in the end. Um, it's probably my experience of it personally and, and professionally. Not, it's not to say that it's easy. Like there's still lots of times when I think of a you know, change in, in life um, more personally just with the health of one of our kids which you know we, we've been really fortunate up until this point to not have health challenges with our children but we do have one at the moment and and it's you know been ongoing for a good 12 or 18 months but it's um, again for your kids you have a certain certain idea of how things are going to be for them and play out for them and and as a parent you feel like you might have some control over that but then when suddenly change is thrust on you in that sense for one of your kids that's that's a really big wake-up call that I have actually no control here so mm. about letting that go and just um still trying to navigate things as best you can without having any real attachment to the outcome and at the end of it I think that's sort of how it works for me but again in the moment change is really confronting and it's really difficult um it's a really emotional time and you've got to give yourself time to work through it. You've got to be gentle with yourself. Um, you've got to ask for help sometimes. Mm, like that's yeah. a really hard thing to do, but sometimes you've got to be willing to ask for help and just say, I'm not coping well with this at the moment. And, and that's been the case over the last six months as well with the COVID stuff yeah. that everyone's been going through. Um, the changes everyone's experienced during this last six months have been out of this world. It's just been one rolling change after the next, I think. Um, so I think it's just been about being gentle with yourself, asking for help um, of people around you, and then just being there for others as well because everyone's going yep. through in your own lives, in their own lives. So I think there's one thing I really honed in on then, Lee, that you mentioned was control. And I think that so many of us um, really struggle when we don't have control over things, particularly outcomes of things, Or and COVID's been a really great lesson in that. But the one thing we can control is our emotional state and how we deal with it. Like, we have full control over that, you know, and I think that that's been a revelation for me. Like, you know, when I talked about when my kids were younger and I just felt like I had no control over how pissed off I would be all day, you know, if something didn't go my way, well, I actually did have control over that, but I didn't realise that I could control my emotion. I couldn't change the external factors and what might have prompted that. That, um, but, And I think sometimes we just get into a rut where we think we need to control everything. I know for me in these recent weeks with, you know, rolling stats and figures on this COVID every day in Victoria particularly, you know, and I just was doing my, my head in. It was completely like controlling me in every way. And then one day I thought, you know what, I don't need to let it do that, you know, and I kind of made a decision to, the change is going to happen, as you said, no matter what, but I made a decision to not, to try and take better control of my emotions. And that, it did help. And while you have no, no um, control over the change and what's coming, like we always say, we, we have that control over the choices that we make. 
and the way that we choose to see something. And that, that power is just... It is. So and you can get in a rut. Like I can think, well, you know, because Dan Andrews has said this and I'm going to just eat shit food and be grumpy all day. <laughs> well, Dan Andrews is not making me eat shit food and be grumpy all day. That's my choice. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? So I think that we've all been in spots like that, whether it be personal or professional and, and change, you kind of, you feel like you're in this rut, but then you've got to just going to make a choice to control the little things. Like way back at the start of COVID, we're like, you know, just vacuum the floor, you know, like just do one thing. <laughs> and straight away it kind of oh i have control over some things you know yeah mm. the control is tricky mm. what about yeah. you Raina? well just to touch on a couple of things that you said too like, i mean it's really important to talk about the fact that it's, it, the reason why we find change so hard as humans is because that's how our brain's wired it's you know we are mm. actually wired for survival we're wired to stay in the familiar so <clears throat> you know to keep us safe so that's why it's really hard like and, and i think that's quite um it's, just, it's not revolutionary, but what's the word? It's just, it's, it's nice. It's comforting. It's comforting, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. It's right. comforting to know that because, you know, it's not because there's anything wrong with you or, you know, like every single human finds change hard of any sort, whether it be good change, bad change, whatever, it's uncomfortable because it's change and our brains want us to stay safe, stay familiar, don't do anything different because that might mean that we won't survive. But, you know, we all know that the only way you get growth is through the discomfort through the pain, through the change. So it's so important to learn how to do that change. And I think I also love what you said about that. You both touched on that being so important about the well-being because that's certainly what I've noticed. So, so personally, my experience is that I love change. I thrive on it. I've lived in different countries all over the world. And like I, there was a period there for a long time where I actually didn't feel right if things weren't changing. And I've actually had <laughs> to, to staying in one place, you know, so that's been really interesting for me. Um, I think, you know, I talked about this on our live that Megan and I did, but I think losing a parent so young, you from a very young age have a realisation that anything can change at any moment. Mm, yeah. And so, you know, and I knew that from that age, like my life was going in one path, all of a sudden dad died completely different direction in my life and a whole, you know, the word, extreme change really. So mm. I've always known that. And so I guess... It probably also forms my foundations of just why I'm so passionate about looking and understanding change and how people respond to it. And a couple of experiences I've had probably professionally, it was last year, probably two really significant experiences last year in our community. One was when I was the president of our early learning service and we decided to add a daycare service to the preschool program. And as, a, as the president was kind of, I initiated it and I got it happening and it was really interesting to watch how people responded to that um and so leading an organization through change is very very challenging and it, be, it became you know for the staff and all that kind of stuff to for them to do the change and, and you know i completely empathize with them for all the reasons that we're talking about people find change hard you know we want to stay safe so really interesting learning experience for me taking an organization through a period of change and um, I got really interested and did a lot of the Brene Brown work and all that sort of stuff at that time to kind of understand and to try to figure out how to, you know, I really wanted to do it in a way that was empathetic and to, <clears throat> to guide that organisation through that change. But very, very hard. And, um, you know, it, it learnt a lot through that experience too, I have to say. Um, and then also the other um, where I've experienced change is in the community with, you know, in response to the Murray-Darling Basin Plan. And, you know, what it's really highlighted to me that, again, that is just 
you know, if you boil it down at the end of the day, it's change. It's, you know, mm. and, we, you know, you can argue about the details of the plan and what's right and wrong about that. And sure, there's a lot of things we need to be advocating for and all that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, it's up to us as individual businesses to respond to that in the way that, you know, is going to be the best for us. And that's what we've tried to do in our business. I mean, of course, the basin plan is affected our family business, but we're trying to figure out what we can do within our power and what we can control to mm. respond to that. And, and that's something, again, that I've really noticed in, in, in that community response is that how people respond to that. Because, you know, it might be Murray-Darling Basin Plan, coronavirus, drought, flood, whatever it is, there's always going to be changes that are going on when you run a business. Mm -hmm. And it's you have to get the capacity to adapt to those changes. To you know, And to, it really highlighted, again, that just that if you can have good well-being, if you're feeling good, if you're functioning well, you can make the decisions that you need to make to respond to that change. Some of them will be really hard, very challenging decisions. Um, and you have to have that base level of, you know, the capacity and the well-being and the feeling good, functioning well to be able to deal with all those changes that you're inevitably going to face in life. And, um, and I think, again, it's been interesting watching people respond to coronavirus, like we've talked about. You can see all the levels of, you know, if you look at your circles of um, people that are in your life, you can see the differences in where people are at and how they responded when coronavirus hit, you know. People who had struggling with anxiety really struggled. And then, you know, so, again, it just highlighted to me that absolute importance of doing that self-work, doing the personal development work. Yeah. You have both touched on it. And it's certainly been, I think, why, you know, I've been able to cope with different changes coming up like more recently is because I've got that wellbeing piece in place. And now I yeah. can, you can get curious. That's the other thing that Megan and I were talking about. And I think that is a really, so when a change comes on you, because a lot of people say, Oh, it's fine to, if you initiate the change, but if the change is forced on you, it's very hard. Yeah, absolutely is. But what you can do if you've got that foundation is to get curious about, well, why is this change happening? You know, and why is this, you know, leader of this organisation implementing this change? What's the reasons behind it? Why would they want that to happen? And you can get curious and then that really helps you in your ability to think about why it's happening rather than just, oh, why is this happening to me? I'm the victim. I'm going to slip into yeah. blame. I'm going to go into like, this is terrible and I can't deal with it. Yeah. Instead, you have that capacity to go, well, hang on a minute. Well, why is this happening? What could I learn from this? How can I adapt to this? What can I do? And that is the, you know, and look, it's so, so hard. Like we've all talked yeah. about, it's not easy. We not all pretty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's been open to that, that change and uncertainty, which like no one is comfortable in that space. But, and I can't remember who was talking about the welcome mat. Was it Brene Brown? And she talked about putting the welcome mat out when things, you know, when challenges come to you, like put the welcome mat out. Basically, You've got to be open to it because if you put, if you don't put the welcome mat out, it's going to like, it's going to be there. And that like with COVID particularly, like the only comfort of COVID is that it changes for good or for bad, like constantly yep. changes all the time, which is the frustrating bit, but it's also gives you comfort that, you know, it's frustrating this week, next week could be completely different. And I know for me, all of a sudden in a space where I've got teenage kids and like teenage kids come with conflict and change, you know, like either physically or emotionally, you know, like, and with toddlers as well. I've just forgotten it was so long ago, but I use that welcome mat with the kids, um, my teenage kids particularly. And because when I wasn't doing that, I just was having this pity party all the time going like, why do I have to have these teenage kids that are doing my head in and conflict and you know, so I just changed my mindset as far as, and not that it's not, like, it's still not 
a walk in the park. I mean, the teenagers, there's hormones and there's all these things like there was when we were teenagers. And But putting the welcome at it and go, okay, what can I learn from this? What can we, you know, what can we actually, how can we grow moving forward with this conflict or whatever it is, you know? And, um, and also I think for me, because I used to be in this pity party kind of, you know, phase, I tried to just kind of look at it in a really positive way and actually try and find the not the fun in it or just laughing at things sometimes, particularly with my husband, because you get I get frustrated when you're booing yes. with your teenage fun. child about something and just kind of go, you know what? Like obviously behind closed doors and when you're away from the child, you just kind of go, you just laugh at it and go, gosh, like this is can you believe we're here? Like when did we get here? Hi, you know, <laughs> you know, because you kind of have to because you know, other people have been through it and, um, you know, other people will go through it as well. And not that you treat it lightly, but I think you have to be able to find the light in it as well. Otherwise, it just weighs you down. And it's not the worst thing that's ever going to happen to you. No. And Whereas also when you're in it, you think it is. <laughs> yeah. And also just to acknowledge that it is, it's always a choice. You always do have a choice. And if you, you know, and if you're not able to cope with change, then get curious about that too. Like, well, why does change affect me so much? Why am I struggling with this so much? And how can I? Because the more that you can get yourself better, you, you know, feeling good and functioning well and working on your well-being, the better it is for you, you know. Like, that's right. it's amazing to be able to, because change is always going to happen. It's just, it is, like we've all said, it's inevitable. It's always there. So, it's so from a practical point of view, oh, sorry, Leigh, you go. I'm sorry. I was just going to say it was interesting, Katrina, when you said at the start too um, about losing your dad at a young age and that that perhaps is one of the contributing factors to why you've been able to really manage change and adapt um, relatively well to change along the ways because I, as you were saying it, it made me look on my experience and, and losing my dad young as well and I think I might have gone the other way. Mm-hmm. So I think that that happening and that massive change in my life at that point made me really fear change like Mm. big time made me fearful of a lot of things and that's when I've spoken before that's when anxiety hit for me for the first time in my life um so it's interesting isn't it how it can play out how it can go one or the other but then you know it's been in the years since that I've been able to probably sit with it and, and work through it and I don't find it to be you know overwhelming well, frightening um, in most cases now, but we've sort of talked a lot too about change as in change happening to us that we have no control over. But the other big thing is um, is sometimes we want change and, you know, particularly within ourselves and that's why, you know, the three of us have been have done so much work over the years on you know, getting to know ourselves really well and, and what we can do in our own lives to help us have the best experience of life. So in that instance, that's been change that we wanted to bring into our lives. And, you know, that's not easy either. But I think in that, I was just thinking about it before when you are talking, like just there are some really practical things that you can do. And we've spoken about lots of them when you do want to make a change in your life. And it's always about not trying to change everything. It's about one little step, one little change at a time. And it's about, um, you know, creating new habits and like you spoke about, our brains are wired for what they know and what they're familiar with but to change a habit, it's not as easy as just saying, okay, well, tomorrow I'm not going to be that person or do that thing anymore. Yeah, it takes time. There's so many things that go behind changing that and it's, it's those things we've talked about before about, you know, setting intentions each day for the way we want to feel and the way we want to show up and it's checking regularly during the, uh, during the day to see am I actually showing up in that way and it's setting habits like 
one after the other and it's repeating them day in, day out for months and months and months until that just becomes second nature. It's about totally. interrupting those patterns of past behaviours, you know, when that, the mind's running away on you and saying you're a certain person, you, you, this is who you are, this is what you do. Um, it's about interrupting those patterns. Like there are so many things that you can do to create change in your own life and we've all done lots of that. So it's also, I think, at times about giving yourself a pat on the back and celebrating. Totally, that yep. can It can bring about your own change and that's for the better. And that's thinking about that, Jen. Yeah, goal. Grace, exactly right. <laughs> yes. The uncomfortable space. You know, um, like what's that saying? I think it was in a song, like, you know, the cracks are, are where the grass grows or something. What's that saying? Oh, no, the light the light comes in that's the one that's a Leonard Cohen song isn't it like the cracks yeah. in the pavement are great because that's where the light comes in but you know I feel like I feel like when I think about that journey Lee it's just sitting with you know what you're not comfortable with and kind of not just pushing it down or blocking it away with alcohol or you know food or whatever sitting with that discomfort but then also learning like I think about all the books and podcasts and people I've listened to over the last 10 years it blows my mind you know, but that's, you learn from that, you know, like you read a book and, well, you read a book and you go, oh, this, this is all woo-woo, but then you read it a year later and go, this is, this book's talking to me, <laughs> like, yes. written for me. Exactly. So the, the journal that I fill out each day and, and each night of errands, of the whole life success planner, there's a question in that, that you do each morning, that you answer each morning and it's, um, what is a situation that may, that may set me back today and how would my best self handle that? That one question, it, it's almost about anticipating the change in the day and it makes you sit there in the morning and think, oh, what could come up today? You know, what change that I'm not expecting might come? And then if it does, how's my best self going to handle that? And it might, it might not be the thing that comes up that day. Something entirely different may come up, but it takes you back to the question that you thought of that morning and that you were answering and it, then it makes you straight away think, okay, best self, how are we going to handle this? Mm, yeah so simple but really powerful and particularly things like journaling like that's you know something that's been really powerful for me and I've been doing a lot of creative writing this year which like fiction writing and and that's taking me down a whole new like kind of path of um I suppose purging is probably the word but even things like you know um the daily meditation like the car map I was just telling Katrina before um you know the one I listened to last night was all about just adapting to the way things are like just kind of going well this is how it is so what am I going to do like if that's not a sign you know from the universe and it's just a random kind of thing that gets chosen but that was the that was the meditation last night and you just kind of think yes I do have an option here I have an option to kind of approach change in a really kind of calm you know not that it doesn't make you feel oh sick in the tummy or like nervous or scared a little bit scared but that's okay well, like, we can do hard things. That's the getting curious part too, isn't yes. it? Yes. Well, it is. And it's also just important, again, to highlight the fact that you can do that. You've got the capacity to do that, to stay calm, to think about it, to get curious because you're feeling good and functioning well, you know? And I think that's where so many of us fall down, like and what I've Because it hasn't always been that way. It hasn't always no. been that way for me at all, like yes. at all. No way. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. So just again, you know, what we always half on about and really so important, just get that well-being piece in place because, you know, the more people we can have that have this good well-being and all this totally. stuff, the change, the better it is for our communities and our businesses. You teach our kids, exactly, our kids. you know, like, yeah. I think so, definitely. And I think, you know, and I think maybe that is, again, a bit of a silver lining to come out of COVID and all this change of our experiences. It's making us all think about this and talk about it more and it's made everybody realise that it, it is inevitable 
you know, and we just can't escape it and we have to face up to all these things and, and face the discomfort and sit in it and learn to grow and, you know, and hopefully make us all stronger as individuals and as communities and all that kind of stuff as well. So hopefully let's just see. <laughs> I think there's a lot of <laughs> oh, and because there'll be more change around the corner, like you know, one can predict what that is. Who could have predicted this year? We're not even through it yet. <laughs> Absolutely, no one escapes it. It's what we have to live. And some change is things. big, and some is small, and it's it's also letting ourselves. Yes. Know that you know, some big changes um, are going to hurt a lot, and they're going to take exactly. And and that's the thing with like we changing your mind, you know, change your mind, change your life. Sometimes that's not a possibility, and it takes a lot longer to work through things. And Mm. totally, and like yeah, not downplaying it at all, and even thinking about businesses having to change and adapt during COVID. Some have already gone to the wall. You know, like there's, Mm. you know, we can look at it. Oh, it's an opportunity, and we can do this and do that. But some haven't had that luxury, and. and that's something we're going to talk about more moving forward in the next couple of weeks is, is change and adapting. And um, we might even talk about that now. Do you think we only about the, yeah, yeah. the small business um, chats we're going to be having? Yeah. So um, for the month of October, we are partnering with Murray River Council, um, which is the municipality that covers um, the New South Wales side of the river here where we are. Um, Katrina's region and, and my region here at Moama and, and um, along the Murray River. So we're partnering with the, the council to deliver a series of episodes here on our podcast that are really specifically aimed at supporting people in small businesses. So just like us and running our own small businesses um, across regional New South Wales and particularly during this big time of change over the past six months. Um, like you said, Christy, it's it's been a really tough year um, for so many small businesses. Um, and like you say, some have, have really gone to the wall. They've had some massive losses. Um, and then others have pivoted um, several times, you know, mm. to try and retain their customers, to move their, um, their offerings online um, and to, to capture new markets and audiences, just changing what they do so, so much. Um, so it's, it's part of New South Wales Small Business Month, which runs in October every year. So those episodes we'll be releasing during the month of October, um, focusing on things like rebooting, upskilling, looking to the future and recovery for business. Um, some of the episodes will be the three of us chatting about our experiences in small business um, and in community. Others will be um, interviews and more case studies with other thought leaders and and small businesses across the municipality. So um, a couple of the episodes where we are wanting to feature some interviews and case studies, um, we would love to, if you are someone in small business or if you know of somebody who is and who has being forced to pivot and change the way they do things. There probably isn't a business that hasn't. But if you know of any mm. really, um, you know, really special stories of small businesses who have been doing things that just have really struck you and really stood out to you and you think would, you know, the rest of our, our listeners would be interested in hearing, we would love you to get in touch with us. Um, shoot us a message, a DM on our Facebook or Instagram pages. It might be you in your own business or it might be just somebody that you follow on the socials or that you support in your community. Um, we've got some great ideas um, in our own bank and up our sleeve, but 
we thought we'd put it out to you also to let us know if there are any that you would specifically love us to chat to as part of this special feature for the month of October, which we're all really excited about. Yeah, it's a great opportunity and I feel like it's a great opportunity to focus on those who have really adapted to change and embraced it. And also, um, you know, the community driven concepts as well, like as far as, you know, communities sort of getting behind each other and what can they do in their town. And that was happening in communities, you know, before even COVID happened on the back of either drought or, or fire or flood, you know, like here in Lockington and near Echuca, it's an amazing story about how their town has kind of rebirthed itself, hasn't it really, Lay? Like with, with the community kind of concept of just getting the pub opened again with, a, you know, community buying the pub and like there's so many amazing stories out there and and that Love actually it. leads yeah it's so great that leads into one of the things i was going to um talk about today are we ready to talk about what we're loving yeah. and um that's what i love about even in the you know worst times when some weeks you just think oh this bloody covid thing's got me good you know like there's always something to kind of just make you think you know what there's so much good stuff happening out there and that's what i love about this conversation that i get to have with you too it just kind of you know, like it just shines a light on the stuff that's out there because it is out there. And I was reading the country news last week and there was an article in there um, on the back of obviously what's been happening in, um, in Victoria, just with small business. And there's lots of concepts and plans out there um, to sort of help, you know, there's certainly some government support. But I came across um, a little offshoot of the Spend With Us campaign that started during the bushfires back in January. So it was an online platform where you could support businesses that have been impacted by the fires. And I know for a couple of months there, I bought some coffee beans from a, a gorilla coffee roasters in Pambula because he had to shut his shop up and hadn't been serving coffee for like three months or something. So just to support him, I bought some coffee beans and there's a whole array of businesses um, this spend with us, but also there's buy from the bush Katrina. I think, you know, the girls involved with the buy from the bush campaign, which is sort of up in central New South Wales or is that Queensland? Uh, no, New South Wales she's from. Yeah, yeah great. I don't know personally, but we had the Avos were on there once and yeah, I saw her speak at the thing. Brilliant. Just yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah, and on the back of this band with us here in Victoria, it's actually that there's another kind of, um, there's another kind of format as part of that called um, buy from a, a bush business marketplace. So it's again, it's the same sort of concept, but it's based in Victoria. And it's all those businesses that would normally go to farmers markets or handmade markets that you know, and the Victorian government through this other campaign called Click for Vic, Click for Vic, and I'll put the links in the show notes. Any business can sign up with that and the government will pay for their products to be sent out to anyone for a whole 12 months. That's cool. Amazing. Yeah, it's really, really cool. So it had obviously been talked about. Dan Andrews had kind of, you know, talked about it a couple of weeks, ago, but it kind of probably got lost in, you know, other stuff, which is very nice. But I feel like this is something we can really put it out there because even with things changing and restrictions starting to ease, like there's going to be so many small businesses that just can't sell their stuff because they they can't get to a market or they can't, you know, yeah, whatever. So that's what I'm loving is just the resilience and that adapting to change that exists out there. And there's some really cool businesses doing really cool things. And and you know, you can buy stuff from all over the state as well as supporting stuff in in in, in your patch as well. So. That's one thing that I've been loving. I just wanted to mention one other thing. I've been reading a book, and I don't think I mentioned it last time. It's Julia Baird, the um, journalist from The Drum, ABC. She's written a book called Phosphorescence, and it's amazing. And um, it's a beautiful hardcover book, and it's beautiful to look at, but it's all about the wonder of nature and the awe of nature. So I've just kind of like, of she's, written this. She's, she's <laughs> written this for me. Seriously, like she's talking to me. 
I mean it, you yeah. know, like, and I've had a lot of people say, you love this book. And she talks about biophilia, which is like a word that I hadn't seen before. And I'm sure it's been around forever, but it's, it's the love, it's the, it's the love of nature. And, um, it's a thing. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. You know, when you find a word that you go, yeah, that's me. So I'm loving that book. I'll put the link in the show notes and it's in the top five books, I think of nonfiction. And she's been through like two or three um, episodes of cancer. She's got this amazing story, but it's not even about her illness. It's just about the the wonder of, and of nature and swimming. She loves to swim. And I'm like, she's talking to me. So anyway, <laughs> that's me. What about you, Katrina? Um, okay, so I'm just going to do a brief one. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but it's kind of relevant for today. Cause the Joe Dispenza. Have I talked about Joe Dispenza mm-hmm. before? I don't think okay. you have. So Joe Dispenza is all the brain neuroscience stuff. It's really awesome. I still can't actually articulate it very well. I've tried to explain it to Tim, my uncle George. I'm trying to explain it, and it's just you know, the more I try to explain it, I can. I'm getting better at it. But just get the book and read it. And it's so it's all about, he uses, they've done like 8,000 brain scans and um, figured out that you can actually change your brain and, you know, and yeah, so, right. so relevant to the conversation we're having today, but it's actually at that more like brain science level of, you know, working out if you really want to make a change, how to do it at that brain level and using meditation to do it. And he's got all that meditation exercises and just so, so powerful. And, you know, the things that they've been able to do, you know, you have people from stroke and all sorts of illnesses and all this stuff just purely based on using the brain, which, you know, on one level makes sense because the brain's so powerful, right? And we know that and we only use such a limited amount of it. And, but then on this other level, we're all quite resistant to believing that we Mm. have the power to actually change and to fix ourselves and to heal ourselves. We're all brought up in this world that says that drugs and modern medicine should fix everything and if you just take a pill you'll be right but alcohol even <laughs> alcohol yeah all that sort of stuff so it's actually really it's quite confronting for a lot of people to then learn oh hang on a minute actually i have the power to do that and i think it's not doesn't get into the mainstream media that much because you know and do you think too katrina like without sorry to interrupt but do you think it also makes people realize oh shit that means i have to do the work yeah, hundred percent. It's a lot like I, I do all the Wim Hof stuff now with the, the breathing and the cold showers. I mean, how many people want to have a cold shower every day? <laughs> you know, like it's hard. That is hard. Talk about change. What's the what so, was it called? It's Joe Dispenza. What was it called? Um, the brain that uh, how did? Oh, what's it called? We'll put it in the show notes. Changing anyway. yourself. The power of changing yourself. Hang on, I'll look it up on my Kindle. Yeah, that's and I'll tell you in a second. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Breaking the habit of being yourself. That's what it is. I just remember. Ah, breaking. Cool. Yeah, so really relevant to learning about change and you know how to how to how to create change for yourself and if you want to implement like a change of you know losing weight exercising more any of those sort of changes or recover from some sort of illness or all that sort of stuff yeah really fascinating i'm loving it and quantum physics amazing wow yeah um okay my turn i i just wanted to brief i have got one thing that i'm loving but before i say that i was just going to mention the day that this podcast uh, is released in two days time it will be a thursday and regional vic will be opening up Yay! Uh, somewhat on thursday morning so loving that um at the same time thinking of all our friends in in melbourne and i know um hoping that it's not too long before they can join that little party as well but just to know that our friends on the other side of the river are going to be able to have some people at their house again and, and mm, small uh, gatherings Yay! yeah small gatherings um just you know, a few of those little bits and pieces that makes us all happy. Um, it does. Definitely. So, 
But the other thing um, that I'm loving, and it, this one's more business related, is last week I did a um, couple of webinars across three days through the Owners Collective, um, which was called Get Up and Grow, the, the webinars that I did. But it was all about business and business growth and business scaling. Um, which have been, you know, wanting to do something along these lines for a long time, but obviously finding the time to work on the business is always really tricky when you've got so much work to do and, you know, so many deadlines within the business that that always takes priority. So I did this three days of this webinar last week with the Owners Collective. And for those who haven't heard of that, um, Prue Chapman runs the Owners Collective. She's based in Byron Bay. She has two beautiful podcasts. We've mentioned at least mm, one of them. And it's so good. We've been yeah. followers of um, One Wild One Wild Ride, mm-hmm. uh, which Prue's been running for a few years, and now she has another podcast, The Owners Collective. But since the webinar that I did last week, I've now signed up for a five-month um, business education and mentoring program with her. So never done anything like that, nothing this big before. It's going to be a, a huge one, a lot of work. <laughs> um, but it starts in October and, uh, yeah, high-end hustlers it's called and just uh, cannot wait to get my teeth stuck into that so if you haven't heard of the owners collective before and you're in a creative yeah it's really good product based business this girl is just incredible um check out their their website and and the podcasts and you'll see what i mean but um, and yeah. I feel like the other podcast too, like her one wild ride, like it's just opened up my mind to so many different people and businesses and the people behind some really well-known businesses as well. Like it just, it's a whole other world and, and she's such a giver, isn't she? You know? Um, and yeah. yes, it's, it's her business as well, but you can tell it's more than that for her. Like it's, um, totally. And I, the thing for us, you know, when we started our business 10 years ago, it was you and I as freelancers. Yes. We came together in partnership saying, well, you're a freelancer, I'm a freelancer, let's do this together. And, and how easy that made things because we always had each other to call mm. on if, you know, you had too much work or I had too much work, we could always manage the overflow. Um, and that was sort of how we set it up and how we saw it being. And then as the years have gone on and we've gradually got more and more work and we've brought in um, more contractors and freelancers to our team and now I think we call on five other freelancers. Yeah, we do, um, yeah. It, the business has grown into something just organically, really, without um, us probably sitting back and saying, hang on a minute, now this has come, become a business that wasn't what it was at the start, yet we've never actually mm. done any kind of business mentoring or training. Yeah. Or I don't, like, for me, it's trial and error and let's just, you know. Can I just say, I think we've done pretty well, all things considered. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so well so it's really nice to now reach a stage where you can kind of totally. go, do you know what I, let's yep. try and let's have a look at what we don't know yeah totally <laughs> you know, love that and that, yeah. and that and that's where it's been so open and adaptive to that change and learning new things because sometimes it's easy to go oh no well, we know it all we're cool like we're all good here but you know like no you don't ever grow do you in that no. space Oh, I spent my entire life learning. Actually, it's a bit <laughs> but you will love that course. I've done a million other courses and things, but they've always been more around personal development and <clears throat> work yes. for myself. Whereas this is a, uh, I've done we've Christy and I have done some coaching and other things, haven't we? Um, along the way, which has been yeah. Great. This one is a big one, and it's really it is. It's, it's going to require yeah. a lot of work, and um, and I feel like it's really geared towards sort of business. <laughs> Yeah, huge growth. And I, but I feel like, of course, like that, what, what Prue offers is really geared towards our, our sort of business, Yes. you know, and it's horses for courses, isn't it? You know, there's so many courses out there and so many coaches and whatever, you've just got to find the right 
fit and it has to be a right fit doesn't it you have to kind of connect with someone otherwise you're totally. not gonna You've followed her for a long while now and you just sort yeah. of it just feels right Right. Mm, hey well that's probably about it girls unless there's anything else we need to mention we've got lots to put in the show notes so um make sure you pop over there and have a look particularly in regards to this um small business month coming up but we'll be talking about that on the podcast and it'll be on our socials as well so yeah, spread the word because it's a really businesses that you would love us to feature mm-hmm. as soon as you can because we need to lock it in and and um tee up some interviews yeah, so particularly any business in the Murray River Council, essentially, which is like goes all the way to Tooleybuck and up to Moulmain and, yep. you know, all over. So any business would be great. Um, yeah, it'd be really fun. I think it's a great opportunity. We're really lucky. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks, guys. That was lovely. Great to chat today, all about change and all those wonderful things. And, um, yeah, look forward to chatting to you next time. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Bye for now. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Spreading the Good Stuff, the podcast. Remember, you can subscribe over at iTunes. We'd love you to leave us a rating. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the handle Spreading the Good Stuff. You can find all our show notes and previous episodes at our website, thesplendidword.com.au. Thanks for listening.